Again, we speak on all things are new. And I don't know about you, but I need some things to become new. I don't need it to be refurbished. I don't need it to be uh, someone to come in and, and put a new coat of paint on it. I want something that is new. Something that, that excites me. How many people would like to be excited? I'm going to tell you, the Holy Spirit can excite you. He can show you things you've not seen, and you'll hear things you've never heard. He'll excite you. So I want to say this to you today. No matter what's happened in your life, how many of you have had some negative things happen in your life? We all have. No matter what's happened in your life and no matter what people may think about you, you need to hear this verse that I'm going to read that I've read several times. In 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 in the New, New, New International Version. For those that don't think you're worth much, that think that you're a failure, that you're not a success, he says, but you are a chosen people. I've told you, no matter what people think. I'm going to tell you something. I saw something on Israel this week. And whether you like it or not, God did call Abraham, and he did bless Abraham and his seed, and their seeds. Whether you like it or not, he's blessed those people. As he has blessed us, because we've been grafted in to Abraham's seed. But he says, you're a chosen people. You are. Say, I am. am. And you're a royal priesthood. I broke this down last week. You're a holy nation of people belonging to God. No matter what people think about you, you belong to God. Young people, you belong to God. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I want you to listen to this. This is important. We, I'm talking about us, all of us, not just the pew, but in the pulpits around the world. We need reformation, reformation. We need to reform. We need reformation. We need a revolution. We need a turning. From what? A turning from churchianity, from religion as we know and have taught it. Churchianity. I wrote there earlier this morning, we have confused or been confused making Christianity into churchianity. Christianity into churchianity. We have set up rules and regulations Outside of God's purpose and plan, and I say we need to make all things new. We have gone outside of God. We have set up rules that he didn't ask for. He set up things, Brother James, that God never said we had to do. And then we wonder, why are people leaving the church? The church, we, we, we're having a problem with people and why they're turning away. I'm going to try to define it for a moment. Why are people turning away from the church? Because we're telling them, a lot of us aren't showing them, we're telling them, we're telling them that God wants to bring them out. God wants to bring them out, 
but we, won't, we don't tell them what to go into. We've got to bring you out, but we don't tell them what to go into or what you can go to. Jesus, everybody say Jesus. Jesus didn't bring us out so we can just sit and wander in his nothingness. Well, I'm, I'm saved. Hallelujah. I'll go to church when I feel like it. I'm coming a day, you mark my words, there's coming a day that people are going to stand in line to get back in the church. You know why? Because fear is going to hit this earth like they've never seen before. It's coming. Dread is coming. And the only thing that's going to bring us peace is the name of Jesus Christ, the power of Jesus Christ, the mercy of Jesus Christ. You see, aren't you worried about those... Those times coming on the earth? Absolutely not. Because I know greater is he that's with me than he that is in the world. But Jesus didn't bring me out so that I'll just wander around and just in oblivion. He, Jesus, has made all things new and has brought us out not to just wander around, but with that we might move into his promise. That we might move into his fullness and into his complete stature. What do you mean? Ephesians 4, 10 through 15 in the King James. He that descended is the same also that ascended up. Talking about Jesus. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all the heavens. That he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. You know why? So that things could be new. For the perfecting of the saints. Remember what I just said. Growing into his stature, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we hence nor, you need to hear that verse. Our job is to grow into him, to be like him. A pastor friend, a ministry friend of mine said that he was in a city, I believe it was Baltimore. He was in Baltimore preaching, and he walked outside of his hotel and was walking somewhere, and he saw a young, young he, he called him a young boy. And he said he saw him sitting there looking forlorn and, and wondering and and it, it troubled him, so he walked over to him and said, son, what's your problem? He said, I'm trying to get a ticket to go see my mother. Ticket on the train or whatever it is, see my mother. He said, so I walked right over, took him with me, and I bought him a ticket to go see his mother. And the young man said, are you Jesus? And he said, I am to you. Y'all, you catching that? I am. He said, yes, I am to you. What do you mean by that? It's getting out of churchianity and into Christianity. It's becoming more like him so that we do things like that where people see Christ at work. We can't even be friendly in the house of the Lord anymore. We almost have to pay people to shake hands with folks. I mean, think about what I'm telling you. Somewhere that's got to change, Peggy. That has to change. 
We have to be excited about being in the house of the Lord and excited about the people that are here and excited that we have an opportunity to talk to them. And I'm going to tell you, I'm more excited today than I was 10 years ago. Because, let me tell you, 10 years ago, we weren't as close to what God's about to do. And there's always a lull. If you watch the stock market, there's always a lull in the market before it takes off and rides. And that day's coming. He said, you need to grow up in the fullness of Christ, verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. You need to go. Things need to become new from child to adulthood. Tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the side of men and cunning and craftiness, whereby they lay and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him, grow up in him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. I say it's time to show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. What are you saying, Bishop? It's time to grow up. Take the diapers off. It's time to grow up. It's time to realize if we don't do the job, who's going to do the job? If you don't clean your house, who's going to do it? Oh, I got quiet. If your husbands don't take out the garbage, is your wife going to or is she going to? Yeah, huh? If she asks you once, the next time she don't ask. She takes it out and then you just don't get no dinner. I say it's time to grow up. It's time to reach up and reach out. Reach out to what? Up to God and out to humanity. Reach up to God and then out to humanity. Reach out to God and out to humanity. Be Jesus to someone in your life. Be Jesus. There's been a lot of people that's walked this planet and brought people together. And what they were doing was being Jesus. Being Jesus. It's time for us. And I'm speaking to you right now. It's time for us to come out. We've been hiding long enough. This new generation. You're a new generation. New things. You're a new generation of called out people. Called out ones. And we must emerge. Because we have to know what we're coming out of to where we're going. He's not calling us out of darkness and just to leave us in darkness or into the gray areas. He's calling us out of darkness into his marvelous light. What does light mean? That means he's going to reveal to us truth. You can't buy that. When you start being revealed truths, it means you can become very prosperous. So what's been wrong with us? What's wrong with us? And I say all of us. We have been in what I called last week in the closing. We have been in what I call as a holding pattern. And I say it's time to break out of the holding pattern. What is a holding pattern? If you've ever flown into Atlanta and there's been a little congestion or little storms, one day we flew around Atlanta for an hour. Never forget it. I've been gone for a long time because we've been, I've been preaching overseas. Got back and now I'm having to go round and round Atlanta. I'm thinking, good Lord, help me, Jesus. We were in a holding pattern. I'm saying, God, get me out of this holding powder. I need, to, I need to get home. We've been in this holding pattern, and I say it's time to come out. It's time, Floyd, to take flight, to change directions, to get on the ground of promises. Time to take flight. 
the holding pattern that I speak of. Many of us here today, some of us are in a holding pattern of their own making. And some have been in the pattern of God. Some the pattern of your own making and some in the pattern of God. So keep those two things in your mind when we're talking about things becoming new. What do you mean, Bishop, about my own making? Some of you have been trapped in your traditions. Praise God, I'm not changing. I'm not changing for nobody or nothing. Well, that just means you're, you're not going to grow. That's all that means. We've trapped in traditions. We get trapped in the holding pattern of circumstances. Bad choices. How many people know that happens sometimes? Has anybody ever made a bad choice but me? I've made a few in my life. I really have. Some of those was trusting people. <laughs> trusting people will get you in trouble. But you can trust until they give you a reason not to trust. Just be, but be careful how far you go with it before you're destroyed. That's a word for somebody here today. So we get trapped in tradition in the holding pattern, in the holding pattern of circumstance, bad choices. Then we have to understand that we, we get into a, a holding pattern of past successes and failures. See, you can't look back into your successes and stay there because you can't live in the past success nor the failure. You're on a holding pattern. Well, I remember when my glory days were here. Praise God. I remember when all the women loved me. Well, they don't no more. I remember when I had money in my pocket. Well, what I'm trying to say, you can't live there. So what do you want me to do, Bishop? I'll tell you, don't allow your past to be your map into your future. No matter what it is. I don't care if it's good or bad. That can't be your map because God's got something better than where you were. Wherever you were, God's got something better than yesterday. And then when you get to, your, get to your tomorrow, he's got something better than that day. Every day becomes new. Everybody say, every day becomes new. Every day becomes brand new. You see, many have been caught in this holding pattern or this cocoon of waiting. So this capsule that I speak of for a moment is a place that houses this new generation, a holding pattern or cocoon. It's housing the new generation. If you look at the uh, definition of a cocoon, we've already talked about holding pattern, it's something that encloses another thing especially to protect it. In other words, a capsule or an encasement. A caterpillar goes into the cocoon until it's ready to emerge into a be beautiful butterfly. If it comes out before its time, its, its wings are too short and not strong enough, and its body's too fat. I'm wondering how many of us Christians, our wings are too short and our bodies are too fat. By that, I mean if we come out, we ain't flying. We're dying. That's just fact. So there can be a negative to it. There can be a positive to being in that holding pattern until God says you're ready for this. How many people know? The greatest test you'll ever go through in life is not poverty. What? The greatest test in life is not poverty. The greatest test in your life will be prosperity when you get it. Because I have watched people 
My God, they were so fervent in the church, you couldn't open them doors. They weren't there until they got something. Sister so-and-so died and left them half a million dollars. And they leave the church until that money's dwindled. Then guess where they come? Back to church. Bishop, I don't know what happened. Let me tell you what happened. You're selfish. If you don't pour out, you can't pour nothing in. The more you pour out, the more he can pour in. That's just principle of the kingdom. So the wings are too short and the body's too fat. So this new generation that I speak of is you, a new group of people with a new mindset. We have been in this holding pattern for God, in this cocoon of God. And I want to say this for you, it's a God-called and appointed holding pattern. Why? It's a place of growth. And without it, without that place of growth, we will not have the strength to face life's obstacles. For it is in the place, it is in this place of the Spirit that we will gain strength. You can only gain strength when you're in that holding pattern for God. But don't make a mistake in cursing God foolishly. That's biblical. Deb, they say, you know, be very careful where you're in a holding pattern or you get a little, get in a little dip, tough spot. There are people that will curse God foolishly. Why? Because God's not in that. He's just preparing you for something better. I heard a preacher, he just died recently. And it hurt me when I heard it. Someone played it where I saw what he said before he died. And he said that he felt like that God was a psychopath. That Jesus was an angry person. He went down the line on how bad God was. And, of course, he didn't live much longer. You can't get away with that, Doc. I don't care how high you were and called bishop, which he was called bishop. And I've been in big conferences with him. But when he broke off and started saying things about my God, about our Savior, he didn't live. He said, well, I don't believe in that stuff. You better. You better. Has anybody ever done you wrong and God paid them back? Really, I'm asking you. If anybody's ever done me wrong, I actually say, Lord, God help them. Because he always comes back and does something. He always shows them they messed up. It's just the way it works. But I'm not going to curse God foolishly because I'm in a holding pattern. I'm going to thank him for the holding pattern because I'm gaining strength and spiritual insight. If you don't want, I want to walk as you want to walk in all things new, we must find a place of solitude where we can get alone with God and commune with his spirit. There's times, Steve, you've got to get alone with God and talk to him. Even you, Doc, you're so busy all the day. There comes a time you need to close the door of your office and say, Father, Lord, help me. I need to hear you talk to me. If there's anything you want me to know, please instruct me. So we need a place of solitude. What is that? A place I speak of is a place of introspection. What do you mean? The contemplation of one's own thoughts, their feelings, and their sensations. A self-examination. How many people know a self-examination is not bad? It's a good thing. Matter of fact, you teach your women self-examine yourself for breast cancer. Is that right or wrong? There's times we need to do self-examination to see if we're 
going in the right way, the right direction. But Courtney, we're in that holding pattern. And in that holding pattern, there's things we have to do. This new generation, this new group of people, I'm talking to you, has to know who they are. Do you know who you are? I would say, you know who you is? Do you know who you are? Finally, in this holding pattern, it's a place of preparation. It prepares you. A place where we gain the ability. What ability? The flight of faith. The flight of faith. The flight of faith. Well, I'll tell you, Bishop, what I really need, you ever watch people when they get serious in their church, twist their face up, what I really need is from you to give me some inspiration. Can I give you a little lesson here? It's not inspiration you need. Inspiration is something you reach out and you're grabbing. You're going for it. What you need is impartation. That means it comes, pierces you right into your spirit. You don't need inspiration, Doc. You need impartation. If there's one thing I know about this church, it's not that we inspire, which that's part of our motto, but we do impart. And there's no way when somebody walks in here, they can say they cannot feel the spirit. I'm telling you, I've had too many people come and sit here and say, I don't know what that was because I don't know God that well, but I'm feeling something. Now, that's the Lord. God is in the house. Has anybody ever felt the Spirit in here? Have you ever felt that's tangible sometimes? I have been ministering here and watched a, a cloud of glory come through here. See it visibly. I can almost see it now. And I'm telling you the truth. All those that want to walk in all things new, I want to speak to you. Many of us have spent our time in a holding pattern. It's time to break forth and be the champions God called us to become. It's time to spring forth. If you do this, we spring forth today and we start to reach out as that my pastor friend reached out to that young man. We reach the helpless, the poor, and the destitute. But you know what? It costs money to do that. You have to have money to help people. Listen, this week we took over around 400 toys to Must Ministries for kids. You did that. There's a picture of us taking it over there. We took it ourselves. We didn't let nobody else do it. I want to see it there. We've had can drives here for people. And we've had all kinds of drives. You've always shown up and showed out. But it's not that we're doing it to get people to applaud us, we're doing it because God is applauding us. Think about some young child that's going to have something Christmas morning that would not have had anything because you did what you did. I want you to think about the sermons that would not have been preached unless you had stood by me. Think about that for a moment. Think about all the people that would be lost, that would never hear the message of salvation if you had not been walking with me, helping me. You said, I don't believe that. Believe what you will. But with these hands right here, I've laid my hands on multiplied 
probably 100,000 people around the world. There's no telling how many people have gotten saved and healed and delivered. I can't even number it. Because you. Y'all got to get that into your spirit. Because you. See, Doc, anytime you help me make my body feel better, which you ain't done lately, you, you actually have helped and assisted in the ministry of Jesus Christ. Does anybody else see it any different than me? That's just the way it works. When we stand shoulder to shoulder, Pat, we love one another, we help one another, we get involved. Not only preach it, but demonstrate it. Am I right or wrong? So what do we do? How will we take flight? Isaiah 58, 8 in the King James Version first. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily. This is people that want this newness. They stay in the cold and pattern until God brings them out. Shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your re-reward. Let me read that in the Living Bible. If you do these things, God will shed his own glorious light upon you. He will heal you. Your godliness will lead you forward. Goodness will be a shield. It will be my shield before you. And the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. That's what will happen. He said, well, I don't believe it that way. Well, there again, I won't say it again because you all get tired of it. Pastor Mike used my words in his sermon today. You have a right to be wrong. Because this is what the Bible says. So what are you looking for, Bishop? I'm looking for John 7, 37. What do you mean? John 7, 37. In the last day, in the great day of the feast, Jesus stood. And I am standing today as Jesus in this pulpit saying this to you. Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me. As the scripture had said, out of his, 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 her, his, out of his, her, you. Everybody say me. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of those that believe will flow the power of the Holy Spirit. All things new. Not refurbished. It's going to be brand new. How will it become new with this well of water, the move of the Spirit? We will demonstrate a power the world has yet to see. Yet to see. We've had different moves of the Spirit. We've had a healing moves. We've had deliverance moves. We've had faith moves. But now you're going to see God move. Like never before, Kenny. You're going to see God move. God is going to be God. Where people have to say, there is a God that rules in the affairs of men. They're going to have to say that. I'll end with this so y'all can get out and beat the Baptist today. God has chosen us, you, me, come on. God has chosen us to demonstrate his perfect power. His fullness, his complete wisdom, and his satisfied covenant. 